Hello there and welcome back into the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. I am your host, Sam Hind, and I am so excited today to introduce you to a very special guest. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the most powerful strategies you can employ in your business that costs you no money, very little time, and will get you better results than almost any activity you could possibly do, and that is to get better testimonials. Today, we're going to be speaking with John Hubbard. John Hubbard is a business consultant, mentor, and strategic advisor specializing in customer-led marketing. And I want to really emphasize that word, customer-led. John's going to be sharing today in this interview some of his amazing experience in the space of getting testimonials and some incredible stories of businesses that have used this really powerful strategy and seen incredible turnaround. John is the creator of the Get Better Testimonials course, and he's worked with many, many brands and companies all around the world that you'll know very, very well to help them to strategically improve their marketing plans by doing exactly that. From Nike to Ford, Honda, Oakley, BHP, and dozens more, he has got over 20 years of experience in marketing strategy and, of course, in getting better testimonials. So, with no further ado, grab pen and paper because he's going to share some tips and tricks and strategies that you can implement right now to get better testimonials. Now, I also want to let our Accelerator members know if you love this interview that you're about to hear, we have got John coming in on the 29th of March to be doing a live deep dive training with you and to to actually help you create some scripts and processes in your business to get better testimonials. So if you are not an Accelerator member and you want to know more about becoming one, we're going to put some links in the show notes so that you can find out a little bit more. But with no further ado, get your pen and paper ready, grab yourself a cup of tea or coffee, sit down and enjoy this amazing interview with John Hubbard. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back in to the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. I am so excited to be joined today by John Hubbard. Thank you so much for coming in and having a chat with us on the podcast, John. Thank you, Sam. I'm very grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, such a pleasure. And look, we've had a chance to get to know each other a little bit, have a bit of a chit chat. I know this is going to be a really powerful conversation for our listeners. I am have already got so much just from chatting with you um, uh, over just a couple of calls. So I can't wait for some of this amazing knowledge and wisdom you're going to share. But just before we get into the nuts and bolts of the conversation, can you tell us a little bit about John? Yeah, sure. So um, once again, thanks for uh, having me on the show. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I'm, a, I guess, a, a, a marketing journeyman. <laughs> um, I've been in video marketing for 20 years. Um, I started back in uh, 2002 in uh, working for, a, I was in film school and a production company or an agency came along and plucked me out of film school to be a runner. And um, I went off to a, a, a car show and 
was filming Vox Pop. So testimonials in was literally my very first job. And um, I can remember um, because I questioned the producer about it, I, I brought my camera along because I was dead keen to film the cars. I thought that's what we were going there to do. And I'd watch Top Gear and I had all these kind of Dutch tilts that I could do with the camera and so on. And I said to him, why are we filming the people and not the cars? And he said to me, um, because social proof trumps features and benefits. And I didn't even Ooh. know what social proof was at that stage. I had to go yeah. home and Google it. But it's kind of ironic <laughs> that from there I ended up specialising in social proof. But anyway, I did 10 years of market, marketing agency land and then started my own coaching business in 2013 and then uh, uh, got bought out of that business and went on to consulting after that. Yeah. So you've already mentioned testimonials. I'm excited to talk about this today. Um, you've had a really interesting and exciting career up until this point. Um, why, what, what has got you to this place where you're so passionate about testimonials and helping people in this space? Yeah, it was the experience of starting a business ourself in 2013. So we, I started a business with another lady, Jane Slack Smith, who is a, um, an author and property investment coach. She had a very low risk form of property investment that I thought was really attractive and she's very ethical. So I teamed up with her and I was kind of bringing the marketing and production side. She was bringing the expertise in the property space and did an online course, spent nine months filming it in a studio with teleprompters and all of this kind of stuff, complete overkill. <laughs> I to launch it. Oh, signed up with a, 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 got a marketing agency, spent an absolute bomb with them, I think about $19,000 and had everything from websites and, yep. you know, PDF brochures and logos and all this <laughs> kind of stuff and then launched the course and we got five sales and one of which refunded. I think it actually, <laughs> no, I think it was six sales and one of which refunded. So yeah, I've been there, by the way. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yes, it just, it absolutely broke our hearts, nine months yeah. of, of blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. And so we had to go back to the drawing board and so the second time round, I, I said, I'm going to basically do what I know. And one of the things that I learned in that 10 years in agency world is a lot of big brands invest heavily in um, user-generated content or what mm -hmm. I would now call customer-led marketing. So, for instance, when we were um, launching a, a car, it would be for, for Ford, it would be about the the journey even of the engineers in building the car or the interior designer or something like that. If mm -hmm. we're doing a job for Nike, it would be going out to a gym and someone talking about how it feels to work out in the clothes. Or there was even a, a probably one of the biggest productions I ever did was for BHB Billiton in the middle of the mining boom. And they literally flew us around the world to do case studies of people that work for them in order to, to get recruits, new recruits, because they were desperate wow. for recruits. They couldn't fill the roles. <laughs> so ultimately they turned to... Um, case studies because the yep. straight out promotion wasn't working. So I'd seen them invest so heavily in that and I thought, well, mm. that works. I know that works. Let me try that for this course. And the course was $2,500. So it wasn't cheap. So mm -hmm. we put 20 people through as free beta testers. And I can remember um, someone actually saying to me, well, there's 20 sales you'll never get. And so we're a little bit, you know, oh, do we really want to yep. give away 20 of these? But we put 20 people through. We did a, uh, that on the condition that if we were able to deliver the value that we said we would, that they would be willing to give us a testimonial. Mm -hmm. So from the from day one, what we did is a before 
testimonial, which was just over Skype at the time, so the quality yeah. wasn't great. So I got the before picture, you know, what they were hoping to achieve and what their desire was, what their challenges they faced at the moment. And then at the end of the course, we did the the booking. So we got the after picture and found out, you know, the um, what they got out of the course and then stitched that together into a video and we went back out and launched. And I think we got um, 30 sales on the second time around, but that was enough to really get us going. And then from then on, um, that became a real theme of the way we marketed that course. In fact, it was three years before I actually um, hired a copywriter because we just really went with uh, using customer yeah. stories as the the spearhead yeah. of our, our marketing, really. Yeah, that's so powerful. And, you know, I love how you by default use that in in place of expensive marketing. And we'll get there in a little moment. But just really quickly, I want to ask, um, you know, you've mentioned a lot of big big companies and organisations that you've worked with and the importance of testimonials. Um, you know, are they just as important uh, for solopreneurs, for, and you know, in our case, direct sellers? Because obviously most of our listeners, 99% of our listeners have got their own, you know, party plan, network marketing or MLM business. How do testimonials relate to them? Yeah, I think they are important. I think they're important in any sales transaction that you can show proof, um, you know, you can put up proof that that what you've got actually delivers results to, for mm -hmm. people like them. So yeah. it, it just really alleviates a lot of the, um, the hard sell because you can just show instead of tell, uh, which mm. makes it so much easier. But particularly online now, what we've seen over the last five years is a real decline in consumer trust and it started we saw the kind of the worm turned down around 2017 there was a, a famous report by a, a group called Elderman uh, it's a trust barometer and it basically the the barometer dropped by about 10 percent um i think it was 12 percent in one year from 45 percent to 33 percent mm -hmm. and then that turned out to be the tip of the iceberg. It just kept on going down. You had things like millennials, 84% of millennials don't trust traditional advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, and then later on, uh, there was a study by CensusWide that said 30% of consumers have little trust um, in brand information they discover on Facebook, was, which was another 10% drop from the previous year. And what we've continued to see that decline. And so if you felt like it's getting harder to sell online, you're not imagining it. It actually is getting harder to sell online. Yeah. And it's because most of us are running to charlatans online. Most of us have seen, um, you know, programs or products that overpromise and underdeliver, and mm. we're all just a bit used to it now. So it's, uh, you know, once bitten, twice shy. But the good news is, and, and the flip side and, and something that hasn't changed is Another recent study said that nine out of 10 customers trust what a customer has to say about a company yeah. more than what the company says about itself. So nine mm -hmm. out of 10 customers trust what a customer has to say about a company more than what the, what the company says about itself. Yeah. So that is really a saving grace. And it's not something that's really complicated for us to do. We don't have to hire expensive copywriters. We just need to put our results front and center of our marketing efforts. So a little mm -hmm. bit of um, elbow grease in order to do that. And you've got to yeah. be... Um, are bold enough to ask for the testimony in the first place, but it is quite an easy strategy to execute. Yeah. And, you know, for our listeners, we are going to talk about that in a moment because you're quite generously going to speak on that. We've we've sort of had a bit of a chat about this and you've got some amazing tools and skills and tips and tricks, et cetera, that you can provide. Um, but what I uh, did want to, I guess, reiterate there is that third-party validation, which is what we've, we often talk about inside of our 
courses and the importance on social media of doing that because, as you just said, and it's so true, you know, think about, you know, your own buying behaviours. You know, if you're going to go to a company or a business for the very first time, what's the most likely thing you are going to do before you make a buying decision? Um, and for most of you, I know for for me included, is to ask someone you know that's tried that business or that company or that organization or that product before and get the, and sometimes it has absolutely nothing to do with the price. It's yes. not about, uh, you know, it's more expensive than what I would normally use. It's it, to be perfectly honest, I think about time and experience more than anything. Our time yes. is so incredibly precious and people don't want to waste their time anymore. Yeah on yep. going with the wrong decision if they could have simply spoken to a friend or somebody that they trust and got some feedback on that. Now, yeah. interestingly, getting a testimonial, um, you know, I'm, I, I feel like people don't do this anywhere near enough and I know that you know that's the truth because that's why you have a business helping <laughs> yes, people exactly. in this space, John. But, yep. you know, it is such a powerful tool and, you know, I think people are more willing to pay money to advertise on social media or pay money for marketing than what they are to front up and ask for a testimonial. Mm. But the testimonial in itself is more powerful um, than any form of marketing you could do. Um, we used to, you know, one of, back in my corporate days, I used to work in a, a marketing role where my job was to help people to get word of mouth marketing. Um, mm. And, you know, the the thing is that it, it's something that you you can't really pay for, but it's a skill. Mm. And um, when you get into the habit of asking for it, it, it is just so powerful. Um, but I just I thought you might have a story or two though, John. I'm sure you've got like mm. a, a swag full of them. I'd love to ask. You know, this is really just me being a little bit selfish here for a moment as a mm. as a, a marketer at heart. You know, I see a lot of people, a lot of companies spending big dollars, lots of money on on advertising campaigns. They've got big marketing budgets. But for majority of them, gathering testimonials and having a strategy around that and, and mm. not just the strategy around gathering them but how they're going to utilize them mm. isn't a core part of their marketing strategy. But I know that you are sort of entering the scene here. You've probably seen some instances and have a couple of stories you might be able to share with us today because uh, I love a good case study and that's mm. what you're all about, yes. you know, of a company or, or an organisation or even a solopreneur who has done exactly that but then switched it into testimonials and, and mm. has seen the difference of that. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, I think you may have um, talked to one of them uh, yesterday or today, a, a, a mutual friend of ours um, who uh, works with international speakers mm -hmm. uh, comes to mind immediately. She She's... <laughs> hugely respected in the industry people absolutely love her brought over some of the biggest speakers uh so she she works with speakers who sell from state she's brought over some of the biggest names in the nlp and all of these um types of industries to to speak at these training events um hardly any testimonials and just mm -hmm. had a real mental um barrier to asking because it just felt like she was imposing on the client it just didn't feel like the relationship she had with the client and I introduced her to just a couple of simple techniques to put in those testimonial requests, which I'm happy to share um, with your audience, Sam. And immediately she, she, I got a message saying, I've had three testimonials come in in one day. Three people say yes in one day. <laughs> so just by getting She did over tell that, me about this, actually. To be fair, yeah. she actually said to me, she's got a, she used to pay people to 
we were having a laugh because, um, you know, my, my team, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie, my, my team, it's their job to, you know, gather those testimonials. And she was doing exactly the same thing. She goes, oh, you won't do that anymore once you've spoken to John. She said, yeah. I do it all now myself. And she said, and, and it's amazing the, yeah. the testimonials I get back from people. Yeah, it is. And the quality's um, so much better too, mm. just knowing the, the starting with the end in mind and just knowing we only need a couple of sound bites to really yeah. um, resonate with the prospects. So you don't need to have the big, long, you know, 60 minutes interview. It's just getting yeah. the, those little sound bites and, and then you're good, good to go. So that, that's an example. But she was pretty typical of a business that gets results, very accomplished um, business person. Of, of someone who gets results but just doesn't showcase those results. Mm-hmm. And that tends to be the story of the majority of people that I speak with. And it really comes down to just, I guess, the the hassle factor and um, being worried about imposing on the client or damaging the relationship with the client. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is a fear. I, I, I know, uh, you know, even myself over the years, it's always that, is it, you know, will it seem too needy to ask for that? Or, you know, what if they say no? Will it make them uncomfortable? Will they not be a customer anymore if suddenly I switch it up and ask them for a testimonial? But you've got to think, you know, if someone asked you for that and they valued your opinion that much and you as a customer that much that they wanted to share your story with others, do you look at, at that and frown upon it and think less of that person or does it actually really make you feel valued? And I think, mm. you know, the perception of us, the asker versus the person being asked is actually really, I, I know, you know, when I think about it that way, it's quite different. I'm, I'm assuming that. Yes. What, what would you say is probably one of the biggest pushbacks you get from people or fear factors around asking for testimonials? Um, it is that they're imposing, you know, it, mm. I, I'll, I'll hear things like, you know, they're paying me, you know, why, uh, why should mm. they have to do work for me kind of thing. Yep. Or um, what happens a lot of the time is they ask, and someone says yes, and then there's this kind of awkward silence, you know, a week go by <laughs> <Now what? laughs> and they're worried about running into this kind of awkward yeah. um, situation. So you do that once and, and you're, you're a little bit hesitant of asking the second time. Mm. But it, it kind of the fundamental problem behind it is that when you're asking someone for a testimonial, in most cases you're putting the onus of responsibility on them to come up with what to say. And that's really what yes. what the boogeyman behind the, the whole problem is. So if you imagine I ask you for a testimonial, um, Sam, for, for uh, let's say you've done my course, for instance. Now, in your case, you've got a little bit of insight because we know each other a little bit, but for the most part, you don't know who my target audience is. You don't know all the hot buttons that you need mm-hmm. that I would be hoping to hit in a piece of marketing um, material. And so you're going to be thinking, oh, well, what does he want me to say? Gee, I hope I don't say the wrong thing. Yeah. Oh, you know, geez, how long is this going to take kind of thing? So it's putting a whole bunch of – it's just giving you a whole bunch of homework and a whole bunch of work and potentially some social awkwardness into the, yeah. into the bargain. And um, so – it's no no wonder that, uh, you know, suddenly we have radio silence and you don't come back to me. So right at the top of the list is just making it really easy for people to say yes. So I've got a bit of a framework that I use to remember that called the real testimonial request framework that just – so when I send a request, I go, okay, we've ticked that box, we've ticked that box, and we've ticked that box, yep. and uh, we're much more likely to get a yes if the person is in the right, you know, um, the timing's right for the person to yep. uh, give us the testimonial. Yeah, awesome. So uh, we're going to get to that in a moment because I definitely want to get some of those tips off you. Um, Just before we go into the what to do, I'd Mm. love to hear from you. 
what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making when it comes to gathering testimonials? Yes. The number one mistake is, well, there's, there's a lot, but I think just not putting aside, the, <laughs> putting aside the production value and, and the, um, and the, the rambly long answers and all, all of that kind of, uh, the technical, yeah. um, mishaps. Uh, it, it tends to be that the, it, it doesn't really say anything to the, to the prospect, the person mm. watching it. Um, so often people will ask people to, you know, to uh, interviewee to talk about their product. And then you know, I've had people, you know, getting testimonials on their own onboarding process and all of this kind of stuff. And if you think of someone coming into your world and often we're using, and what we're talking about here is little short testimonials. There's longer yeah. kind of case studies and stuff that we'd use in other ways, but for a short little testimonial, typically they're at what we would call the top of the funnel. So where people are coming into your world for the first time. So they're a very start of the customer experience with you. So at that stage of the customer journey, they don't really know you very well yet. And they're probably looking at you and a few other people at the same time and weighing up which way they want to go. So at that yep. stage, they're not going to give you much time. So we need, it needs to be short, the testimonial. So it can't be banging on about you or all the intricacies of your um, widget or <laughs> it really needs to speak to them and enter in the conversation that's going on in their mind. So if you if you come up, if I hear a testimonial and it speaks to a problem that I have and that I'm seeking to solve by this service, I'm instantly interested. If yeah. I If I click to watch a video and I can see it's 12 minutes long, and there's no way I'm going to watch that. So that's the number one mistake I see, just not making it relevant mm. um, and in the way that you would with any other piece of marketing because they're not really any different from a video sales letter or a webinar. They really need to tick all of those same boxes of, you know, appealing to a, a single target market and, you know, having the, that psychographic information right around, you know, what's our prospects' fears and their yeah. pains and their desires needs to do all those jobs, um, but arguably it does those jobs even better than the other tools we use, like a sales letter or a, a video sales letter, because it's coming out of the customer's mouth. So it's far more um, believable than you just saying, hey, take my word for it. Mm. Yeah, and I, I do love when you can see a video of somebody. I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, we all know, if you've, if anyone's listened to me talking on this podcast about the importance of a good quality headshot for your profile picture, if your brand is you, we talk a lot about eyes and teeth. And when you can see somebody sharing their experience, but you can see their facial expressions, you know it's coming from them. They're not being strangled. They're not being tortured to do it. <laughs> it's genuine. Um, and, you know, there's not a lot of hiding behind that. Whereas you see a lot of testimonials that are like written testimonials. And, you know, I remember back... Um, in, in those sales and marketing days, we uh, we used to write the testimonials for people would just say, um, yes, I'll give you a testimonial, you just write it for me. Yeah, and so totally. we would write yeah. our own testimonial. It's kind of like the bio that, you know, someone shares when a keynote speaker comes up and speaks and it's like, well, the keynote speaker wrote that about themselves. It's sort yeah. of this... Um, <laughs> So, you know, the best speaker in the whole world on this particular topic and yes. everyone knows. Oh, very know. nice of you to say, Sam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do I do remember hearing a, a speaker get up and his his way of um, breaking the ice with everyone was saying, well, there were some very lovely words. Thank you for sharing those things I wrote about myself. And then he yeah. kept going and, of course, got a good laugh <laughs> about that. But yes. I think, you know, when it's a recorded 
testimonial or video, it just holds so much more weight. Yes. Um, yeah. Especially when it's their words. And, and I love what you said about the, we actually talked a little bit about the preparation side of things. Um, mm. So, and you might touch on this, but save me taking words out of your mouth. Because uh, I know all of our listeners right now are going, okay, enough, enough. How do I get testimonials? Can you give us some <laughs> tips? So, John, how can people get better testimonials? Can you share with us some of that uh, amazing wisdom in that head of yours? Yeah, sure. Sam, would you like me to talk about how to reach out for them um, and request them or Absolutely. actually the, the process of I uh, think the reaching them? out is the part yeah. that people struggle with the most. Yeah. It's probably the biggest yeah. barrier. Um, I, and I do have a follow-on question from this, so, you know, Absolutely. we won't stop there. But no, I, yeah, I agree. Let's go in it, there. It seems to be the biggest hurdle for people. Most people accept that they need them and, and you don't really need to do too much. Ex- like I've, I could give you a list of stats that it will blow your mind, you know, mm. number one um, B2B content marketing method by LinkedIn, you know. So there's a, ho- there's a whole length of stats as long as your arm. But most people don't need that. They accept that they're, they're needed and they're e- effective. The hurdle comes that they're just a hassle and how do you reach out? Yeah. without, you know, imposing on your client. So the framework that I use and or, or, or the the checklist that I use when I'm reaching out is what I call the real testimonial request framework, and it's just R-E-A-L. And the first letter there that I make sure I've got in every single request is I put the client relationship first. Yep. So I'm not putting everything on the line for one testimonial. Um, so, for instance, I might say something like, um, you know, I'm sure you're super busy right now, um, but no big deal either way. But if you're open to the idea, I'd really appreciate it. If my timing isn't good, simply reply with next time in the subject line and please no further explanation is necessary. So yeah. that's the very first thing that I add into any testimonial request and it just takes the heat out of the exchange so they can just easily reply. They don't have to give you a, a lame excuse that then it's going to cheapen the relationship, you know, next yeah. time you see them. Yeah. And the interesting thing it does is it frees people up to send more testimonial requests because they don't feel like they're imposing on their client. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest benefit of having it in in the first place, just that psychological benefit of going, okay, I can send these out because – it's not going to impose on my client. If they don't want to, yeah. they can just reply with next time. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That does definitely takes a bit of that heat out, that's for sure. And I love the honesty of that too. Yeah, um, yeah. And I just want to encourage as well our listeners that when you're writing messages and emails like that, like that framework's amazing, John, and I mm. really love that. But just remember, you know, part of the reason that we, I think we feel uncomfortable when it comes to sending out requests to people or emails or messages or whatever it is asking for something is because we're not using words that we would use and we're not, mm. we're not speaking the way that we would speak. Yes. Um, so don't feel like you have to use a particular framework or formula um, that doesn't, isn't congruent with your personality because at the end of the day, it's you that they're connecting with and getting to know. So word it in a way, just think if I was having this conversation face-to-face with somebody, you know, how would I ask if if I were using that same framework that John just gave me, how, how would I word that? How would I say that? What would I feel comfortable with doing? And and sometimes uh, it's a it's about being real, which is pretty much what you've just said. It's, it's yes. about being real to you. 
Um, and people can sniff it. They can smell it out when you're trying to be somebody else. Um, yeah, yes, a- absolutely, yes. And you see that so often with marketing copy, don't you? That yeah. the, they're going, oh, well, that's not the way Sam would talk. That's what not, you, I don't what, feel like that's her. Yeah, she copying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's it's more the the principle behind it rather than you know verbatim word word for word. But yeah. what I do find is I think the key element to that, the the relationship first, is just mm. allowing them to reply with something in the subject line and not say anything more is a real takeaway from that first. Yeah. Part. And John, one of the things that you've you and I have spoken about a lot is the method of actually gathering the testimonial and the fact that, you know, for a lot of us and you've already mentioned this, you know, in the past, we've left it up to the person to then deliver the testimonial. And I can't tell you how many times mm. I've asked for a testimonial from someone who I know has got a great story yes. and I get it and I go, oh, yeah, that's a bit flat. That's not what I was looking for. Um, it, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It's, it really it's almost is because worse you feel like not receiving it at all because at least I've you thought you had it, it in now. the pen. Because <laughs> now you can't go back and, and say, that was really that sucked. Yes. <laughs> can, can you yes. give me a better one? Can you talk about me better? <laughs> can, yeah. It, you don't, that, that's the thing. You only really get one shot at it, which is really yeah. the, the second part of, of the framework of the real framework is easy and fast and which mm. ties into making it a testimonial interview. So what the testimonial interview does is it gives you quality control, but plus it makes it easy for your pro or for your customer to actually give you the information because yep. they're not having to go away and second guess everything they write and you know memorize things and all of that kind of stuff they're just answering questions in the interview so that's the e is, which is um, easy and fast so we'd often say something in the request just along the lines of hey if you'd be able to share your story about how you use social media to get more customers or Ideally, a specific result, double your sales yeah. would be a nice one if it was true. Um, I'd love to be able to share your story. Would you be open to a 30-minute case study interview um, via Zoom with Casey, for instance? Yeah. So that's a, just a really simple way of telling them exactly what you want to talk about, exactly how long it's going to take. So there's a lot of – it's very specific. And so I know what I'm signing up for there. It's not yeah. going to th be something that's going to kill my afternoon. I'm half an hour on Zoom, done and dusted. No preparation is necessary. Yeah, so good. Um, yeah. Now, from that point, um, what 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 are the next steps? Yeah, the other thing that I would include in that request, and there's just two more beats that I would include, one is to give a reason why you're doing it. So A in real is a reason why, and mm -hmm. this is something that goes all the way back to there was a, um, a Harvard, uh, sorry, a Stanford, uh, sorry, Harvard University study that found that by adding the word because to a request increased the compliance rate. It's a very, wow. one of those strange things that just occurs. So the test was they got students to cut into the line in front of a, a Xerox machine and they said, um, you know, excuse me, I have 20 pages, may I use the Xerox machine? Now what they found is if they got the people to say, excuse me, I have 20 pages, may I use the Xerox machine because I have to make copies or because what they found was what went after because didn't really matter. It didn't really move wow. the needle that much in terms of the compliance. Yeah. But not using because and not giving a reason why was a low low compliance. So even if you just say something like because because I'm putting a testimonial page together on my website yep. or something like that, yeah. that will in, statistically will increase your compliance. And it, it kind of makes sense because if – most of your clients, as you were saying earlier, if you've given them a result or got a result for them, most of them just through the law of reciprocity will want to help you. They want to see mm. you succeed. So 
if if you tell them why you're using it, it makes sense that they go, oh, yeah, I'll I'll help Sam do that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I love that. All right, and I I can't ignore the fact that there's an L one that left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, the last one. The L is just we'll leave a everyone hanging. That's what the L's for. Leave them hanging. Yeah, but. leave leave them hanging. <laughs> that larger contribution. So they know that it's for um, your promotional purposes, but. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt just to frame it as their story is going to help other people, um, for instance, in the community as well. So yeah. just adding that in is just another little nice touch that I'd add into that testimonial request. Yep. So good. Now, there is uh, obviously some ways there are, I should say, grammatically correct, Sam, goodness, there are some ways that you can help people with uh, with this whole process and, of course, the getting of the testimonial itself. We'll talk about that in a moment. I just wanted to ask you, a uh, little bit about, um, you know, once people get the testimonials, what are some of the ways in which they can use them? And I'm thinking about our listeners specifically here because I'm sure some of them are going, okay, great. Well, you know, I work for, you know, I've got a direct selling business. I sell, you know, products or, you know, I recruit people into the business opportunity. Um, isn't that something that the company should be doing on my behalf? Now, mm. I'm just going to say that's not a real question because we all know that the answer to that is no. You you are responsible for growing your own personal business and you are what you're selling. But my question, though, John, is around how they can use that testimonial once they get it. What are some clever ways or, you know, strategic ways that that testimonial can be utilised? Yeah, so many ways. And I find that they are really underutilised, that people mm. literally just get the, the video testimonial and you know, put it on a, a, for instance, a landing page and and forget about it. But the the beauty of capturing video is it can be repurposed into so many formats. So Mm. for instance, I was talking to a marketing agency recently and they sent me a case study deck, which was all of these case studies in one PDF, as an example. Mm. We would, we create um, uh, like, for instance, an article uh, which goes on, it's like a magazine article with a very nice headshot and then the, yep. the kind of before working with such and such, after working with such and such, the headlines up the top, and then a, a nice description of the transformation that took place. Um, if you're, I guess the rule of thumb is anywhere around where you're closing the sale, particularly online, using proof is going to be very advantageous to you. So, for instance, even if you're doing in-person sales calls, mm. if you've got someone booking a call for, you know, through Calendly or um, another method, the thank you page is where you can start showing social proof. And then if there's a a, a time gap before the call takes place, there can be emails that go out that are also showing social proof. And they don't always have to be the video. They can be a little story about, hey, Sam, I was actually, uh, I thought of you because I was working with a company like yours last month and then having the result and just talking about the result that you got. Yeah. So it's just repurposing that information in a, in a different way. And obviously presentation. So if there's any type of presentation that they're doing, um, again, don't have to use them as video. We can just use, we can talk about them as a customer story and just yeah. use the, the, the facts from the story and, and present yeah. it in any, any medium that we like. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that there's so many different ways, you know, that it can be repurposed just because it's got, you've got it, getting it in video form is kind of like getting it in the in the perfect form because it can then be turned into so much more, but you can't turn a, a text testimonial into a video. Um, so it's that beauty of, hey, now I can turn it, you know, I can grab a couple of little, you know, grabs from that and, and put their photo with it. Um, I could put it on social media. 
Um, you know, I actually love when someone doesn't, ha- you know, they've got the appointment with me, they've got the meeting. So let's use um, our listeners for an example here. You get someone to RSVP for a party demonstration or an event, you know, like they're coming. Yep. But if at that point you then put in that extra work to show me that I've made a good decision um, and it's not to sell but it's to say, hey, here's somebody else who attended one of these events, you, you're doing, you know, this is going to be really great. Yeah, you're safe. Um, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's reassuring but it also makes me feel like, okay, they haven't just got me and they're moving on to the next person. They're still investing time in me. Um, and you know, sending personal messages and I love what you said though, about giving the reason why, um, you know, and I'm, I'm really passionate about that with social media. Don't just share something with somebody and just expect them to figure out why you shared it or put it on your feed from somewhere else and expect everyone to get the relevance. Tell the story about why, why this is important for them. And so if you're providing a testimonial to someone, I think that's really powerful, John, that you're actually mentioning, like you said, the. I've worked with someone similar to you and, you know, so I first thing that they're going, oh, they've paid attention to who I am mm. and, and, yes. and, you know, m- what my needs are. But it, you said something really powerful there and that was addressing the need and making sure that you are actually showing them that you get what their need is and here's somebody else who had a similar need or the same mm. need and and I helped them with that. Yes, um, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I don't care what your business is. I don't care how big or little I don't care how long you've been in it for. I don't think that there's anyone that that's not really relevant for um, to be doing that. Yeah, I agree because ultimately it just comes down to trust. People just want to trust that you're going to be able to do what you say you do. Yeah. And if you can show someone that was in my shoes a little while ago and now they've got the result that I want to achieve, then yeah. it, it really just eliminates the need for a lot of that other stuff, you know, and um and like I say, it's a, we, we survived for three years without even hiring a copywriter. It was great when we hired a copywriter because we got a bump in sales yeah. and all the rest of it. But yeah. I was doing really bad copy and just using testimonials to do that um, heavy lifting for us. And we sold over a million dollars of an online course just through yeah. doing that with, without even hiring a copywriter. Yeah, wow. And and see, that's the thing. I think we, we put so much more work in. We spend so much more time doing all of these complicated things, you know, um, on that, I, it, you actually bring back a little memory because, uh, as as all of our listeners would know, we have an, an online membership which many of our listeners are a part of, um, and that membership is to to do you know weekly training to support uh, people in growing their direct selling business on social media, and and so um, we often when we do a, a, a challenge or a, a training or we speak at an event, you know, people will jump in and, and, you know, join that membership. The really interesting thing is initially I would talk about the membership and I would share the results that people had been getting. I would share, um, you know, what was in there and, and why you should buy it and, and the value that was involved. But I didn't use a video testimonial. And I remember one day, I asked for one from somebody who had, you know, a really amazing experience. She quadrupled her business in three months by doing the training that we were providing. And she had a very similar story to many people, but the difference was that she was super comfortable in front of a camera and very happy to share it. Mm. So I just, I got her to, to share that testimonial. She did a video, she sent it to me. So I didn't interview her like you've suggested. And, and I was very lucky that hers came in as a, you know, a good quality testimonial because mm. I hadn't controlled it. Um, and I thought I'll just see what happens. And I threw this in there and and started sharing just that little, you know, one minute video Mm. and the conversion rate of people actually making the decision to join us, 
uh, went up by nearly 20%. Wow. Simply because they could see somebody else yes. who they could see was genuine because it was obviously recorded on her phone and, um, you know, and she shared a bit about her business. They're like, yep, that's like mm. me. She shared the results and that was the key. Yes. Um, and uh, and then on top of that, she shared another little, cu- a couple of little quick tips. I think one of them was, by the way, if you haven't listened to the podcast, check this episode out. It's one of my favourites and it totally <laughs> changed my world. <laughs> And it was just that genuine personality that came in and suddenly people went, oh, I, you know, I'm like that. I get that. Okay, great. And it, it just changed the game. Threw in the and, podcast you know, for good measure. Yeah, threw the podcast <laughs> for good measure. Um, I, I just think, you know, sometimes, and we all do it, like we all need to have that third-party validation. And, mm. um, you know, sometimes we really take the hard road, don't we? We spend all this time and effort and, and often money um, on on marketing and promoting and selling ourselves, when really the simplest thing to do is get a couple of case studies, get, get the it, result you know, and, that's and show it. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and what I love about what you just described there about that testimonial is it has one of the golden rules of a great testimonial, which is a quantifiable result. Yeah. So when you said there that she quadrupled her sales, we're always mm-hmm. looking specificity hard to say in in marketing and in copy in particular is very mm. sought after that's why you see these you know um mm. made $1149 in xyz days kind of thing in copy so if you can get a quantifiable result in in the in the after picture of a testimonial because ideally what a testimonial is is a little story it's a little human interest story that says yeah. hey i had this problem or challenge i work with sam and i got this quantifiable result and then mm. you put on the endorsement as the the last beat that we need there. But yeah. what you had there is a wonderful quantifiable result. And if I want that result, you know, that's appealing. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm. look, if people are sitting here right now going, okay, well, how do I learn more from John? Because obviously this is what you do now. You teach people to get better testimonials. Now, I, for one, um, am lined up. I'm in your course. I'm so super excited. Um, I think this is really powerful. Um, I'd love for you to share with our listeners how they can do some learning with you as well. Because for me, I think this is probably one of the most powerful marketing tools any of you, any of you can have in place in your business. So if you want to strategize growing a really powerful business, find some ways to get some quality testimonials and use them. Um, But John, how can you help them with that? Uh, thank you, Sam. I really appreciate that. Yes, I've got an online course. It's a, it's a five-week program. And basically, we start with and, – and it's really more than just um, the act of getting testimonials. It's really having a rethink about the way we're marketing full mm. stop. And I'm a big um, advocate of customer-led marketing. So just doing less of the, you know, tell, tell, tell and, and doing more of the show, show, show. And so that starts, obviously, with getting the testimonial. So we work together for five weeks, and the first step is really just crafting those testimonial requests, which I personally help people do. We They go through the course material, we meet up every week for a coaching call, and then I help them tailor those um, testimonial requests, and we mm-hmm. start to think about, you know, what are some of the big results that you've achieved for that client, how can we get that into the request and so on. And then from there, it's about capturing the the high-quality recording using low-cost equipment. And there's some wonderful technology now that allows us just to remotely record like we're doing right now and mm. safely capture a high-quality recording, much higher than um, Zoom. Um, and then the way that we capture these testimonials, because we only need three or four sound bites, they're very, very easy to edit um, because they only end up 
you know, 40 to 60 seconds long. So there's some great tools now that edit video like you would edit a Word document or a Google document. You literally just delete the bit of text, it deletes the video. So we've got yeah. some tools there that we use to edit the videos. And like I say, we only make, you know, three to five edits in the videos. So they're very lightly edited and you can turn them around um, very quickly. But what you end up with is a really powerful little story of a before picture, had this challenge, you know, work with you, got this result, I would highly recommend Sam because X, Y, Z kind of thing. So they're a a nice little powerful package. And and that's what we do is that's basically that that five weeks of the program. And at the end of that, within first week, people have um, testimonials coming in if they've done their homework and sent the request. And then from there, it's just a matter of organising the interviews and processing them. And and the interviews are typically like a half an hour um, dealio and, most of that's kind of chat. The actual, you know, the question component is 15 to 20 minutes. So it's quite fast to do. Yeah, brilliant. So we'll put some details in the show notes for people that want to check that out. Whereabouts can they find you, John? Yeah, LinkedIn's probably the best place to find me. If you look for John Hubbard on LinkedIn, you'll see testimonials plastered all over my uh, profile. Um, mm-hmm. If you're interested in in learning how to reach out you know, using that framework that I outlined uh, before, I've got a, a, a template which you can, pers- you know, customise for yourself and that's uh, at testimonialscript.com, so testimonialscript.com and that's the, I've got an ebook there with that framework that I outlined and then the finished um, script there which you can, you know, modify or copy and paste and to your Amazing. heart's desire. I love it. So we'll put all of those links and bits and pieces in the show notes uh, so you guys can access that at any time. Um, I do have four fun questions for you, though, John, just before yes, we wrap please. up. These are the most important questions of the entire podcast interview. Um, so let's start off with what is your book, your favourite book to add to our Accelerator book list? Yeah, my favourite book, I think, it's, it's marketing related, um, is um, Predictably Irrational oh, by a guy okay. called Dan Ariely. Have you heard of that one? That one's no. I'm going to write that one down. So he goes through, and it's I'm, I love marketing because I love the psychology behind it. Those those things that you were were uh, talking about before with social media that lights me up like a, I love that yeah. stuff because I <laughs> I love um, the practical psychology side of marketing and and predictably irrational is is really a a book about all the ways that we operate and we think we're so clever but we end up just doing the same things over and over again because yeah. we're we're operating on a, a on an operate, operating system that's um thousands and tens of thousands of years old so yeah. it's one of my favorite books a lot to learn about marketing in there even though it's not designed for marketing yeah i love that um, are you, are people are going to stop giving me new books because what happens is after every podcast <laughs> episode, um, yeah. I, I, I buy the book, I put it on our, um, bookshelf. I usually get one as well for prizes. Uh, a lot of our, um, members, uh, know <laughs> that I love, my yeah. love language is gifts. So I love to give gifts. And so, um, whenever someone mentions a book I haven't heard of, I can almost hear the groan from Greg from afar because he knows that we're about <laughs> yes. to. Um, yeah. put in an, another order. So yeah. um, there's another one for my list. Uh, that's great. Thank you. Chance right. to go shopping. So um, if you could have a superpower, any superpower, what would mm. that be and why? Uh, it would be, f- be the ability to fly. 
<laughs> which um, ter- terrifies me. I feel like since COVID, that's the most common answer. <laughs> yes, I think so. I, I think my partner walks past me sometimes and, and I've got a YouTube video on the iPad of some guy in a wingsuit going out over a mountain. She says, you're not going to do wingsuiting. No, I don't care. What you <laughs> so, yes, I would love to be able to fly. Whether I'll get there, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but um, definitely won't get there by flapping my wings. No. Well, you could try, but I don't think that will work so well for you. Yeah. Um, your favourite quote, John? I don't know who this from, and I probably should have Googled it, but it, it's um, people don't buy from you because they understand your product. They buy from you because they feel understood. Ooh. And I think that's been a – when I heard that, it, it sunk home, and it's been a bit of um, something that I just say to myself as a bit of a mantra when I'm in danger of going down the, um, the, the route of making it all about me and not the customer. Yeah. Yep. I love that one. That's a really, really powerful one. And I think summarizes a, a lot of what we've been talking about in here. Mm. So last question and probably my most favorite is if you could go back in time and say one thing to your past self, what would that be? I think it would be um, to sell first before you build it. I've, I've gone down the rabbit hole a lot of times and, and it's taken me a long time to get smarter. It's been incremental <laughs> incremental uh, improvements but um yeah I, I like the doing activity and I, I i like the building of new things and all of that kind of stuff so i can easily get into the technicalities of that um yeah. but i've been tripped up numerous times because i've built something the market doesn't want or care about kind of thing yeah so um i've got smarter about that and put the idea out there into the world first sell it even if it's at a lower cost and then build it once i've established that there's demand there so yeah that's been a slow learning curve but if i could have told myself one thing it'd be uh sell it first build it second yeah it actually reminds me of one of my favorite books uh oversubscribed by daniel Priestley. have you read that one no, I haven't. I'm aware of it, though. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, look, I recommend, uh, you know, there are some books I think are, are better read versus audible. This was one yes. that I really enjoyed listening to. Yep. Um, but but one of the concepts in there he talks about is creating demand before you build the product because then you know what the demand is for the product. Yeah. Um, so putting the, you know, he, he, tells, he tells a story about a really simple process that he created for a personal trainer who was sick of just doing these little personal training sessions because, you know, they only had so much time in their day. And so he coached this particular person to to get some top-end, high-end clients, like charged 10 times what he was charging Mm. for his little personal training clients. But what he got them to do was actually put it out there and say, if I did this, um, you know, essentially, you know, you you create some demand around it. But if I did this, who would be interested? Um, yeah. I'm just feeling it out. I'm not going to do it if I don't get the interest. And, you know, and he did this as well with some conferences. He was having trouble or he had some clients having trouble selling their conferences or events out. And so rather than just putting the tickets out there, um, did that same process and sold the events out before they'd released the tickets. Yes. Um, and it's just such a clever process. But, I, John, it just, you know, we were talking before about that. I've been in that same boat um, mm. as you where, you know, initially I built an entire course. I spent, it, funny, we calculated at the time it was about $20,000 mm. um, in, in cost to build this training, this course for a particular industry that I wasn't interested in, but I thought needed, you know, I, I thought I could see a, a need there, but I hadn't gauged the need first. Yes. Um, and uh, and it was a, it was heartbreaking at the time because, like you, I think I sold three, um, mm. 
And, uh, and what was even worse, this was probably eight years ago now. Um, it was, it was actually a real estate course. So it's yes. kind of funny we're talking yeah. about this. Um, it was a real estate course, but years later, uh, I actually got approached by the Real Estate Institute that wanted oh, wow. to purchase some courses from me um, and have me come and speak at their events. And I thought, oh, wow. you've got to be kidding. I was like five years ahead of my time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I'd only just deleted the course. I finally just bit the bullet oh, no. and deleted <laughs> the whole go. thing. And it was so out of date anyway. I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. just going to kiss it goodbye and <laughs> be done with yes. it. But I thought I had it in the bag. I thought I knew what I was doing, but... Anyway, yeah, it is I, heartbreaking. And I, I think as optimists, we have that, um, or as entrepreneurs, we have that uh, optimism bias yeah. um, that uh, <laughs> is, is waiting there to, to trip us up if we're not careful. Yeah. But look, you know, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, whatever business that you're in, just I think for me, the underlying tone here is know who your audience is, know yes. who they are, know what their needs are. And and know what the demand is. What how does how do you serve them? How do you support them? And then when you do that and you do it well, you know, get that story shared so that others can see how you can impact them. Because you've all got an amazing impact to make in your businesses. The challenge yep. you've got, of course, is how do you communicate that with people that don't know you yet? And that's yes. where building the trust and the referral testimonial process is just so powerful. Thank you so, so much today, John. It's been such an honour and a pleasure chatting with you and I'm really, really glad that we were able to get together and do this. So thank you for your time. I really appreciate you. Uh, my pleasure, Sam, and I hope your audience has got some value and can apply some of the things we've talked about. But it's it's been, a, a, been an honour to be on the show. Thank you. Yeah, I have absolutely no doubt. Make sure that you do look John up. Um, now, just really very quickly, actually, I nearly forgot to mention John, you're actually going to be coming into our Accelerator membership group and you're going to be doing a deeper dive on um, on how to get those testimonials uh, with our members. So, um, look, I'm super excited for that. I think it's going to be a great opportunity uh, for those that we are working with uh, to grow their business to actually put a strategy into place. So, yes. Um, for anyone who's wanting to know a little bit more about that, of course, we'll put the links in the show notes too so you don't miss out. But if, of course, you're listening to this after John's been live in Accelerator, we will have the recording in there as well of that because it is going to be a really, really powerful session. So I'm yeah. very excited for that one too. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I, I think we'll have plenty of opportunity to do some hot seats and to really put some rubber to the road. Yeah, I, I can't wait. So, look, again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great to have you in here. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to connecting with you again for a deeper dive training in our Accelerator yes. membership group. And, of course, anyone that wants to learn a little bit more about how they can get some better testimonials with uh, John Hubbard, then uh, we'll put the link in the show notes as well for everyone there too. But Perfect. thank you and thanks to our beautiful listeners for tuning in again next week we look forward to seeing you on the podcast again in seven days time have an amazing week and we'll see you then bye for now if you love this video and you would love more help to improve your direct selling business on social media then click on the link to join our facebook group i look forward to seeing you in there